Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and uh, perfect time to be talking about the end of the financial year and uh, a lot of people are talking about well, what can they claim on their tax. People making purchases before the end of the 30th of June, um, looking at what profits they've made, especially in business if you're looking at things, a lot of businesses or small businesses and medium businesses buy new equipment. This time of year, buy a car, those sorts of things to try and bring uh, your deductions into this financial year. But what do investors actually do? It's it's one of those things that I get asked quite regularly around this time of year going, well, I've made some, I've sold off some shares and I've got some capital gains. How do I... Um, you know, not pay as much tax. Because often when you're investing and trading, I find that people, they actually don't think about the taxed component of it. Now, normally when you're trading, you know, it, it's great because you uh, you sell a share, you make a profit on it, you get 100% of that profit until you have to pay the tax. And so you can use that profit and keep trading with that gross amount until you do have to pay the tax. So, But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be allocating for it or planning for it. And what I mean by that is, you know, as you're, uh, you're taking your profit, put it down in paper saying, okay, well, I made $1,000, and so if my tax rate's 30 cents in a dollar, you know, calculate, well, I've got to have $300 in the bank to pay the tax man at the end of the 30th of June and just planning that out a little bit. It's uh, all too often I've found uh, people having to sell shares at the wrong time just to get some cash together to go and pay the tax that they should have already allocated or planned for. Um, but it is a good way of, you know, using the profits, as I said, those gross profits from share sales to compound your return by using the tax man's money, so to speak, um, of that gross amount until you do have to pay it uh, from that. But there are ways also of deferring tax, and I'll mention a couple of those as well. But this time of year is a really good time of year to clean up your portfolio. So if you've got losses in your portfolio and uh, one of those could be at this time of year uh, or from this year is could be Telstra. You know, people have been holding Telstra for a good dividend yield. It's great. You can get rid of it if you've got profits that you have taken during the year. So if you sold off some shares for a capital gain, it's really good to you can sell uh, you can sell Telstra, take a loss on that, and offset those profits that you might otherwise had to pay tax on. So that's one of those sorts of things that you can clean your good your portfolio up. Because at the end of the day, if you sold Telstra today and you bought it back, you know at the end of July, what's the difference? You're not really going to make. There's only going to be a bit of brokerage on whatever it is. It's not a lot, but you could have a lot more tax benefits by selling it here. Now, there is a bit of a rule around it with the tax department saying, you know, you can't sell it today and buy it back you know, on the 1st of July, basically. But the thing is, is you need to, you know, if it's it's a reasonable time, you know, four, six, eight weeks down the track, you can buy it back if you do really want to collect those dividends. The dividends are only paid twice a year, but you can use those losses or realise some losses to offset profits. That's one way you can actually do it. The other one uh, is, uh, is one that a lot of people don't 
really know about, or there's a couple of ways that a lot of people don't really know about, and, and that's to, if you've got, let's for example, you've got a $50,000 share portfolio now, is to go to a margin lender, borrow $50,000 using your shares as security, and prepay the interest for the coming year on that $50,000. So, and you put you put that $50,000 that they've lent you into the market to make money out of, it's a great way to increase your portfolio returns, and the interest as I said you can prepay it before the 30th of June claim it in this financial year you just can't claim it next financial year so it's a nice little way if you've got some profits this year that you want to offset uh, you can bring an extra deduction into this year and uh, by prepaying the interest on a margin loan it works on a few things if you prepay interest on that. The other one, another way that uh, people actually do defer their tax is there are different derivative products such as warrants. Now, warrants are issued by um, some of the big institutions like Macquarie and everything else, and some of those warrants that you can purchase will have an interest component, and again, you can do the same thing, get some leverage into the market by purchasing a warrant, uh, paying the interest component into this financial year and claim it. Uh, it is a way to defer tax as well, you can do other different if you've got a good broker there are other different structures or strategies that you can use um, to defer tax um, just by using some of these structured products that uh, the brokers do actually have so there's a couple of different ways to offset your tax obviously you remember if you're the difference between a trader and an investor um, and this is one thing that comes up all the time and people say well you know how do I become a trader or what's the difference between a trader and investor from a tax point of view now, I'm not an accountant, um, and so any sort of things I'm talking about in here are not coming from an accountant's advice, and I would suggest you talk to your accountant about some of this sort of stuff that I've talked about. I'm just knowing, just telling you things that you could look into yeah, that I've um, been in, uh, had people do and had advisors tell me to do. So uh, from another point of view is what's the difference between the taxation between an investor and a trader? Now, you can actually be both at the same time pretty much. Now, as you know, an investor who or person that owns their own home is not considered, well, they don't pay capital gains tax on the own, their own home. Now, we know that with property, but if you're a, 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 an investor into property, you buy pr property as an investment and you sell that, you pay capital gains tax. So it's pretty common out there from a property point of view, but how the tax is treated differently for a trader. Now, a trader is somebody who... Treat it like it's like a business, if that makes sense. So, as a trader, there are they buy and sell assets, and that's like a, a shop buying stock in. So, when a trader purchases a share or makes a trade into a share, like BHP or whatever it is, that's like buying something for their shelves in a shop. So they bought some stock, um, and obviously, then as a trader in a shop, you want to buy some some stock, whatever that is, and then you want to sell it to somebody else at a higher price. They come in. And they hand over their credit card or cash and they take away the goods that you've purchased wholesale and you're selling for retail. Very similar situation uh, in terms of a share trader or a stock trader or uh, is that you are making purchases or you're making trades and you're hoping to sell those trades to make to realize a profit down the track. So just like any business, your income coming in minus your expenditure, which is the cost of the stock, plus all the other different expenditures a business might have, such as electricity, insurances, um, internet, computers, um, yeah, geez, staffing costs, wages, all different types of different costs a business can have, a trader can actually have. 
So really, the, at the end of the day, it's income versus expenditure. Then there's a net amount, which is either going to be a profit and loss. Um, and then they're taxed on that profit and loss, just like any business would be taxed on that profit and loss. So that's a, that's what a trader gets taxed on. Investors are a little bit different, as you know. People buy stocks all the time, hold them for years and years and years, and then they sell them. And uh, but it's a it is a different story being a trader. So, but what you need to do in terms of to me is a trader is they're making money or and investors making money out of the stock market, they really do need to be compounding their returns until at one stage they've built up enough wealth that they can actually live on their investments or getting a good income or supplement their income stream, which is a lot of people, their goal is to do that. But it, giving its tax time, a lot of people are going, yeah, well, look, hey, Dale, I'm going to do your course when I get my tax return or... I'm getting people who are getting bonuses from work and they say, well, I'm going to do your course as soon as my bonus come through. That's really great if you, you're planning with your tax return to do something positive with it uh, because obviously then it is doing something that will help you uh, down the track because all too often people get their tax returns and they go, oh, well, I'm getting a tax return. I'm going to buy a, go a holiday or buy a new TV or buy a new phone or whatever it is and they just spend the tax return and rather than actually doing it positively, now taxation is can be a form of enforced savings for you. So to me, if you're getting $500 from the tax man, then put it back into yourself, invest in yourself by, for better education, such as the people that uh, are, will be doing our course once they get their tax return. Other people, it will be about uh, doing something, buying a more investment, putting it more into more shares or paying some loans off, that sort of stuff. If you pay off money off onto your, to the loans that you have for your investments or your house or you're reducing the interest you're paying, pay off your credit cards, get rid of negative debt. There's a whole range of things you can do with your tax return. Getting rid of negative debt, uh, I'm not sure so how many of you saw me, I was on Channel 10 about eight weeks ago talking about credit cards and negative debt, saying we just have too much of it, uh, that we need to be paying that down. So if you do get a, a, a tax refund, which is getting a bit more scarce nowadays than what it used to be, um, but do use it positively. Just don't go out and buy just some different goods or services. But as I said, you know, if you're getting a, if you're getting one or two thousand dollars or more, you may like to put it into some shares to really get a better return for you. So using that, one of the things obviously you can do with your tax is talk to your employer and say, well, if you're not really good at saving, ask your employer to take a bit more tax out of your your um, wages just a bit more and at the end of the year that means you would have paid too much tax for your income if you have some deductions that's fantastic and then you'll get a nice check back at the end of the year or into the into the new financial year from the tax man and then you can use that to go and invest and do that way because it's a form of enforced savings so but as i said you know you can do things as it create different types of tax deductions being an investor like negative gearing into a property that is a tax deduction a lot of people uh, i find a lot of people don't use borrowing for positive purposes and it's literally 80 plus percent of people don't really understand how to use borrowing to create wealth for themselves a lot of people love borrowing to buy a house which to me is not a not an investment and it's we've proven or it's been proven time and time and time again buying your own home and borrowing money to do that is not necessarily you know it's not an investment you shouldn't be treating it that way it's it's an enforced slavery it's enforced savings 
um, from that point of view. So to me, use your tax return wisely and really do understand that uh, what you need to do and how you can create deductions, the legal, legal deductions for yourself. I'm not trying to tell you to avoid tax. I'm just saying there are different structures that you might like to talk to your accountant about, things such as using family trusts for investing, using things like company structures for investing so that you can change how much tax you're actually paying depending on your income level. So it's a really good time right now, this time of year, is to get with your accountant and plan out your next year and how you're going to to. Uh, invest, not only invest, free up money for investment, build your capital base, protect your capital, but also pay a little bit less tax because, you know, we all work hard for our money. Um, so it really is um, more beneficial to us to make our money work hard for us too. So I um, hope you've enjoyed this little tiny little take on tax at this time of year. Um, I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth with you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.